Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. You're listening to the award-winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to become known as a trusted authority while building a thriving business you love? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Here's your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show brought to you by the InfluenceAlliance.com, which is the business building community for coaches and consultants who want to build a profitable and scalable business while bring a much bigger message and make a difference in the world with their expertise. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, we've got two special guests today, and they say recovery from addiction is not just putting down the drink or the drugs, but the opportunity to build a meaningful and fulfilling life that you don't want to escape from. And joining me on today's show is Sophie Agami, and she is from Geelong. She's calling in from Geelong and Kylie Butler, who is based in Indonesia. Now, Sophie and Kylie are the co-founders from here from here on. And it's a coaching practice that offers at-home rehab programs that are specifically designed for executives. Now, with extensive experience in the corporate world, they both have a deep understanding of the pitfalls and the pain points that come with that lifestyle, and they are on a mission to help others, which is brings them on the show today. Now, both of them today are going to share how we can navigate the challenges of addiction the types of addiction that are rife in the corporate world, as well as how to get recovery or into recovery from addiction and how to support others uh, along that process. So lots of uh, topics and, and very important things to talk about today. Welcome, ladies. Thank Hi. you. I would love to, and and whether Sophie, you jump in and and, or Kylie jump in, share how you came together to to build this business. I mean, addiction is something that many people have either experienced or they've had a family member or known someone who uh, has struggled that or is struggling with that. I, I dare say, and I'll I'll uh, get you to describe what you believe addiction is because some people may not even realise that they have an addiction. But firstly, how did you come together and create this business? Who wants to share um, how From Here On was started? So if I let you start, I'll add on. (laughs) (laughs) So um, it's actually quite, well, very special really because we met on our own recovery journeys from addiction. So that's how we met uh, over in Indonesia. And we'd, uh, well, we tried many, many different ways of um, beating our addiction ourselves. Um, 
there are many ways to try and also many ways um, <laughs> that didn't work for us. But needless to say, we, you know, we got onto that really, really great path and we've been very, very good friends um, for a number of years and realized that there was a real gap, um, especially during COVID, you know, when everyone's been locked up at home, um, a real gap to, to help support people in their home environment. Um, actually, it was even in, in Melbourne, uh, specifically in February last year during COVID, where there were three month waiting lists, uh, three to six month waiting lists just to get into a rehab. So there were hundreds of people on these sorts of lists all over the world, you know, not just Melbourne, not just Australia. And we saw a real need um, for support for people at home, in particular executives and people in the corporate world who, you know, are uh, working from home and they're at home in lockdown. Um, yes. So we developed a number of different programs through from here on that help support people from that home environment, whether it's, you know, one-to-one coaching or if it's a whole program with psychologists and um, yoga teacher or meditation teacher, you know, that sort of thing to really help someone holistically from home. Yeah, so important. And uh, you're right, you know, often when there is some pressure or challenges, and we've certainly all around the world experienced that over the last two years, that can exacerbate, can't it? All things can happen quite slowly. So I'd love to, Kylie, for you to explain, um, what would you define or how would you define addiction? Sure. So it's, um, I'm really glad you've asked that question, um, Anne-Marie, straight off the bat, because um Addiction is a term that is kind of bandied around and at one end of the spectrum, it is incredibly serious. Like it is, um, it, you know, it is, is life-threatening and it's a matter of life or death if somebody gets into recovery. And then we look at the other end of the spectrum and that is that we all have a craving mind. As humans, we want dopamine. It's in the natural reward centres of our brain. We do something that feels good, we get more. And we're in this hyper-connected, disconnected world where so many people want relief from self, from from the pressure. You know, it's a, and not let's not even talking about you know the last couple of years we've we've endured. So, um, you know, addiction is a chronic relapsing disease. It is a chronic neurological condition, and it is at its absolute essence, it is the pathological soothing of a deep psychological wound. So, what happens in trauma we, we can look at it on the medical dsm-5 criteria when we're looking at severe addiction there is a hyper somebody who is just sensitive to the world that's many many of us you're born with that and a little bit of you only need a little bit of complex childhood trauma to get those two that really exacerbate that craving mind which we all have you know and then that can that is what can lead to people not being a, a fundamental change in the neurology and and the person not being able to stop the drink or drug that they that they're taking, and if we look at the other end of the spectrum and and what was what was what a lot of people suffer from is this kind of grey area drinking as well because there's the really like you know you can't stop the drugs and the and the drink and it's destroying your life and you need to get into to help and then we've got the other end of the spectrum where we've got people just really unhelpful behaviors so just numbing dumbing distracting not living their best lives because 
of the crutches that they're leaning on. And most of us are somewhere in that spectrum. And the, the incredible thing about when you face whatever it is, whether it's an unhelpful habit or whether it's a serious addiction, you get this opportunity to um, look at what's internally causing you pain and you're escaping from work through that and build a life that is really aligned to who you are, that is that is healthy, that is values-based, that's a lot of wonderful things. And I could you could talk at length on that. But to kind of answer the question of what is addiction, it really is that a chronic relapsing disease, a change in the neurology and the reward centers of the brain, so that the the, the cognitive control network is offline. So you know the old ideas that uh, you know addiction was a moral failing or, you know, something that people with weak wills, you know, uh, like we're here, like Sophie and I are really passionate about this message because we're high-performing leaders, you know. I was working in the executive world for many years, you know, and heading up people in, and uh, culture teams on the leadership team and myself and other leaders, that that really, that pick that drive, that determination, all of those things can make somebody a really good addict as well. You yeah. know, but they can also make somebody really good in recovery. Yeah. So, yeah and, and what I love about what you've just said there too, and I think it's so important that we just reconfirm this at the onset, is that, as you said, the, depending on that spectrum, we all can be in there at one time or another. Depending on what happens, we can probably, mm -hmm. and I'd love you to share a little bit more about that, we could be on the lower end of the spectrum. All of a sudden something happens or it's, it's you know, we, we'll pick up on. There's really don't add shame. You know, we often will pile that on. We don't want to talk about something or, or or admit that because there's that level of shame. But once we get through that, there is support at the other end. Mm -hmm. And when we start to realise that, hey, um, there's a lot more people that have struggled through this, that have gone through this, so let's talk about it. Let's try and normalise it, if you will, to some degree, but so that we can share a message to say, you know, one point or another, we may have all experienced some form. There's help out there. Do not be ashamed to talk about it. I think that that's um, really important. Let's talk about navigating some of the challenges of addiction. Kylie has already talked about some of the things that um, have been happening and challenging the status quo. Are there things, Sophie, that you would like to say uh, around the discussion of addiction so that it is, you know, that th there may be some things that are spoken about or that we think about addiction that, hey, at the onset, let's just get rid of that because it's no longer true or let's look at it from a different point of view so that we can look at it um, as a way, there is a way forward. Anything else mm -hmm. that you want to talk about in that area? Yeah, lots. Um, I mean, one of the main <laughs> things that comes to mind, which, uh, you know, both Kylie and I are really passionate about is breaking the stigma. You know, you mentioned shame and mm -hmm. stigma is unfortunately so huge around addiction um and it's easier said than done you know to kind of it from our perspective we we can see how vast the recovery network and community is now that we've sort of you know after having the courage to dip the toe in but on the other side when someone's actually in addiction it can it can be a really frightening and scary mm -hmm. prospect mm -hmm. and actually ironically though that the, the addiction the side of addiction is the isolating part and, you know, once in recovery, um, someone will then really experience a lot of the connection and love and everything that comes with it. Um, so off the back of that, what we we believe in, and Kylie, please jump in, but one of the things we talk about a lot is how this is really attached to mental health. 
you know, this is a, a, a mental health topic. It's not, it doesn't sit it on its own in a, in a shame cave, um, <laughs> like Kylie was mentioning earlier about, you know, a moral failing or anything like that. This really is to do with our mental health. Um, and, you know, if we can start moving it into that area so that people see it as that, the quicker people can really sort of see it as that and either ask for help or offer help. Yes. And do you think, um, and we're going to talk about the types of addictions that are rife in the corporate world, and if you want to kind of bring that into the conversation because it, it segues beautifully, go ahead and do that. But do you, would you find that there are many people that um, maybe they know that there is something that there um, and they're not really knowing how to approach people or maybe that there is that shame that they, they try and keep that hidden? Do you find that people who have come through to you, and maybe even this is your story too, that you didn't talk about that because there was this kind of stigma there? What, what was kind of your experiences or the experiences that typically you find others when they come to you? Um, has it been around for a while? What, what sort of things are you hearing and, and seeing? Interestingly, um, you know, when people do talk about it, they, they feel like no one's going to understand or they're going to be shamed for it. But actually, everyone seems to know someone that's had this happen in their family or friends. So once it's actually out, you know, people generally are welcomed. But I think it's the, the fear, the expected fear, rather than, you know, ever having experienced that happen or someone else be shamed or anything like that um just quickly in um in answer to, to what you mentioned earlier about you know what's rife you know um in australia actually th there have been some studies done quite recently on job um categories and actually ceos in australia come up as the the highest drinkers um wow. But yeah, which is, uh, it's, it, it's quite by, by quite a large margin, actually. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Kylie, do you want to jump in? There's obviously in Australia. Yeah, I'd also say there aren't, as in, some, yeah, some of the stats around Australia aren't as strong as um, in the US, but we know in the US about 11% of um, CEOs suffer from addiction. Like it's really, like as we've kind of alluded to, there, there's certain elements of that kind of high performance, um, high drive, you know, that can mean that people will rely on it on, on a crutch. And it's also that drive, again, really complex, you know, reasons behind the neurology of that. But the net result being that um, high performance leaders and addicts have something in common and one is prone to be the other. And the other thing to, you know, to expand on the point that we're discussing around that, like when do people come to us, you know, what's, you know, how are they kind of getting to us? Have they been? You know, what process do you go through to kind of announce, okay, I think there's a problem. Mm -hmm. And I think I can speak for both of us here and say we both spent a lot of time and a lot of effort hiding it, you know. Like I was launching a new podcast, everything was shiny, had an engagement ring on my finger, like things were, it looked shiny, you know. And there was so much work involved in, in keeping that appearance up too and that's what people in, in high position leadership roles were really fined in, in any corporate role and actually in any environment the the amount of lies and deception you need to keep up this facade that everything's okay is mm. absolutely exhausting and then the miracle really of when you come to the other side is now obviously I can't speak for, for everyone but I can speak for a vast majority of people that I work 
with globally my experience of many years in um, in recovery and my own personal experience, I was like in awe of how beautifully I was received when I actually said I've got a problem. I actually turned to some women in my entre- entrepreneur group and said, and these women I was intimidated by as well. They were kind of in my group, but I was being like, oh, you've got more success than me. And there was a point where I just came clean and just said, you know, my partner at the time knew about it, but he was keeping it a secret too, which was exhausting for him. And um, and then because I was going through this kind of relapse, recycle, and oh, everything's good again, and then falling over, and you know, not drinking demands, and then falling over. Everyone's story is different, but ultimately, that point where I opened up and said, you know, I'm struggling, I need help, um, and like the the women in particular that that came to me but also the men that said your bravery your honesty your you know the 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 courage that you have to be so authentic is so beautiful and I'm in awe and hey I've been hiding this and I've been hiding this and now you become the helpline for everyone when you get strong (laughs) they're keeping all these secrets so like a joke there was a while here living overseas I had two phones and one was the relapse hotline you know but and I'm very happy to be here and be supportive because it's a beautiful thing when you when you're feeling strong and grounded and connected and, and living a life in line with your values you've got the energy to support others but um it's it's a really it's very very difficult to go through that mental barrier of when you've been if especially if you're self-reliant of kind of saying oh I need help but the amazing thing is when you actually do say hey I need help I need a little bit of support I'm human people really connect connect to that authenticity and they they see your strength and the bravery you have to face your shit rather mm-hmm. than hide from it because it's yeah. sorry, <laughs> really, it's really, it's it's commendable. And a lot of people hide and run and hide and run. And we all have our own journey of where we get to with facing the things that are um, are really are holding us back at the very yeah. minute they're holding us back. And so it's it's a difficult step. Um, it's a powerful step. It's one that you step over, come back, step over, come back. You know, like. And there's also nothing wrong with nothing wrong with that. Going, okay, I need help. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to stop drugging. Relapse. Okay, back on the horse. Here we go. More learnings. There was more to be learnt. You know. Yeah. So it's it's not an not an easy pass path, but it's and it's one that I would imagine too that sometimes there's when you're in that stuff and and in as you said you know the 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 pressures often. Mm-hmm. You know, particularly for those high achieving individuals, we push ourselves, don't we? We do. We push ourselves, mm-hmm. we put higher barriers on us or, or um, requirements on ourselves that we would ever expect. And, and and being able to see what we're doing through the eyes of someone else. And that's what I, I would mm-hmm. imagine that both you do as coaches too, how people unpack. Because it doesn't just happen overnight. We can then mm-hmm. see that this has happened over a certain amount of time, certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And having someone there in your support team, that has gone through that themselves as well can be incredibly helpful because you realize a you're not alone b that there are ways forward that can support you and it's just kind of stripping off those layers but i i I totally understand that do you find that you're supporting people who um have such as yourself um seen this grow over time or because now what has happened um there's a lot more people that will have, have turned to certain other aspects to be able to cope 
you know, with 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 what's going on. Sophie, what are you finding? Or a little bit between you know, a, a bit of both. People that have been struggling for years, all of a sudden, it, this has just come to the to the fore that there's need help. Yeah, it, it's actually a mix of the two. Um, there's been that there are some people where it's been progressive. Um, others, it's simply become really unmanageable in a very short amount of time, um, especially due to you know. COVID itself, but actually what we're finding now as well is there's the aftermath of the trauma from COVID. So people are going, oh my God, I got through that, but oh my God, I'm in peace, you know. No, I have a dream all these things that I've got to address, isn't it? Yeah. I'm kind of thinking, oh gosh, you know, how did yeah. I do that? And it's actually a sort of aftermath of all of that. So the drinking may have been something that was helpful during covid for example at you know a very small level but now life has turned back to normal ish you know they realize oh actually that's still in my life and it's really stuck now and i'm really reliant on it and things unravel very quickly so there are some people that have got that really short version and then there are some who really have been challenged by this for, for years and have had it in their family for years back as well and what tends to happen when we join or don't address some kind of addiction is it's like that kind of that game like pop-up mole it just keeps so people are like oh you know I had a little bit of a problem with coke or something in my partying years or you know I had a little problem with you know this or that or I had an eating disorder and then they kind of get a handle on that and then something else pops up but they don't really address it they just keep treating the symptoms so things yeah. like COVID yeah. have, have pushed some people over the line and and so is exactly right it can be like a traumatic event, the, things happen really quickly and it can be this journey. And what we say is, you know, when you haven't done it yet, people are like, you know, it's you're still a gentleman if you drink before 12 o'clock but not after, But sorry, after 12 o'clock but not before. So people are like, yeah. as long as I don't drink alone, I'm fine. Yeah. Drink, it's amazing uh, how you kind of do it. And all of a sudden they find themselves yeah. doing all of those things. Yeah. So, I was just going to say that um, you start to put some rules around that, don't you? But you know underlying, and I love the way that you said, Kylie, you knew that there was something there and it's wonderful that you reached out. So let's talk about how to get into the recovery from addiction. Let's talk about that first and then let's talk about how best can we support people. So I think that's really important too. So if someone is listening or watching or even the recording later who after hearing you both speak said, hmm, Kylie, hmm, Sophie, I think that I may have an issue. <laughs> what are some steps that they can take? Other than, of course, reaching out to you and we'll share how they can do that at the end of the show. But what are some things that are important for them to start doing right now? Kylie, do you want to go first and then we'll go to Sophie? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, uh, um, one of the things, we've actually got a quiz on our website, so that's one very helpful resource to kind of say, okay, are these some of the boxes that I've ticked? Because there's, you know, criteria to see. And then in terms of, you know, if you've addressed, if, if you realise that, you know, drinking, drugging or substances, um, you've tried to control, and you brought up an interesting um, point, Anne-Marie, when people are trying to control something, there's often a problem. You know, yes. if you don't need to control it if you don't have a problem with it, you know. So when you're trying to, trying trying to stop, you know, drinking or drugging more than they wanted, some consequences, family, you know, commenting and on it, you know, not meeting your work obligations, and then it gets more serious into, you know, like if, if somebody finds that they're kind of ticking any of those boxes, um, 
then there's, you know, obviously we're here both as a free resource. We both work in different recovery, like I'm in different recovery groups and support groups as well as working one-on-one um, with, with executives. Um, I would say that there's, depending on the seriousness of their condition, there is 12-step programs. So they can just Google research and find 12-step programs um, online. There is, um, that also do Zoom if anyone's you know, still in lockdown um, and speak with somebody there. Um, there are obviously, um, you know, inpatient rehabs that are a solution. If they're looking to work with a psychologist, I highly suggest a, a trauma-specialised addiction a clinical psychologist. Often we work in partnership with um, clinical psychologists as well because coaching is very forward-focused. It's very, yes, there's there's a combination of um, therapy involved and, you know, trusted alliance and there's a measure of different things that go into recovery coaching that make it different from standard kind of coaching. Um but um, if somebody's still really in deep depression or having suicidal thoughts, a clinical psychologist with um, who's trauma experienced, um, and we both suggest really, um, you know, a holistic approach to recovery as well, because it's it is mind, body, and yeah. in the spiritual world, spiritual as well. Yeah, and you want to deal with all of those different areas because one area may be going really well, but if you're not looking after yourself, say physically, that can then inhibit how oh, far diet, the environment, exactly diet, environment, who's in your life, you know, yes. how connected you are to your to your purpose. You know, there are lots of different factors that also also help us in stabilizing someone in those early days too. We're like, yeah. okay, how are we how what's ha- happening in all of these sectors of your life? What would yeah. you add to that, Soph? Mm. Yeah, Sophie, I'll just speak to you about um, some of the mm. things. Some mm. of the things that we can do for loved ones or people that mm. are part of our community that may not even realise that there there is addiction there. How do we approach that without just having everything come crumbling down? Because it's, <laughs> Sophie, yeah, what? it's a great question because it can be a very very fragile conversation to bring up with someone um the the bottom the the foundation stone of it really is compassion and and no judgment you know if someone approaches you and says you know i think i've got this it self compassion sorry not self-compassion compassion and non-judgment are going to be the the really most helpful things in in that um in that moment um and also just as kylie's you know, suggested all of these different ways to get help. There are so many ways that someone can get some information, do some reading online, that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, many ways. But I think the uh, the main one is certainly that non-judgment and, and that love, really, because it can be something really, really difficult for someone to bring up. Um, oh, so it's it's you know it takes a huge amount of courage. So if that's yeah, and also and also any, no, no interventions. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Kylie. Sorry, what was that, Kylie? No, I was just going to say to add to just to Sophie's point. Sorry, I think I've got a bit of a delay here. Um, yeah, and uh, interventions are rarely successful. So if somebody has you know if they've got a family member, a loved one, somebody at work. Um, you find a time when that person is sober as well. Say, hey, can we have a chat? You know, if you want to address, you know, address someone, and um, and also 
the other thing that you know often people ask me like should I step in more should I take their their keys away when they don't drink should I you know should I take their bottle away or you know what should I do what should I do and you know as Sophie said it's just a, an honest conversation without compassion and judgment and no, no, no threats you know because the person who is suffering in and using a crutch of drugs or alcohol or whatever it is um, they've got some level of anxiety or depression and the moment we pile any kind of extra anxiety, judgment, fear of loss, fear of connection. If you say, I'm going to leave you if you don't stop drinking. Now, the person can establish healthy boundaries and say, you can't stay in this hell, this house while you continue to drink or drink. But, you know, if it's, if it's you know, that kind of that kind of desperate situation. So the, the person addressing the person with addictive behaviours can still hold their own boundaries but um, it's really important to say compassion, no judgment, no threats, um, and really try not to um, you, you talk about, you know, um, a lot of people think they need to force somebody into some tough love or a, force them into a rock bottom. If I cut them off, if I tell them, you know, that I'm leaving, then they're going to they're ship up and, you know, it's going to work. But that's actually going to make the person more stressed, more upset, more alone you know mm. so it is a very very delicate topic yeah and what i think to add to, oh, add to that quickly is um you know just to remember that it it's not our responsibility to, to an extent that there needs to be a boundary in place for that person to protect themselves there's a cycle mm. of addiction and there are points in that cycle where someone in addiction isn't open to help mm -hmm. you know there's there's contemplation pre-contemplation that person isn't going to be interested. Pre-contemplation, sorry, contemplation, they start being interested. Planning, action, those stages, that's where their ears will be open and more welcoming to this sort of language and, and discussion. So it's sort of being aware of, you know, okay, this person just might not be ready to hear this right now and being accepting of that and that we might not be able to fix uh, you know yeah. as a word fix or help that person mm. at a certain stage yeah. and if it's in Kylie you mentioned in your experience your husband um, actually had had to some degree uh, seen that and you know for, for us if we have a partner or it could be a business partner it could be a life partner um, there may have been stages where not that you've enabled that person I guess you would have to, to ignore it and so sometimes mm. you, you know it, it may be good to also get support yourself so that you're better able to support your loved one or the person that you care about because Absolutely. sometimes what you do is you wait until mm. a situation gets to to not a crisis mm. point but a critical point mm. let me put it that way and how we respond can either be as you say with compassion and with non non-judgmental but often if we wait till a critical point the tone of voice or the look <laughs> would be enough to trigger that person, can't it? So it's maybe get support for yourself and maybe it is good to get someone else involved if you feel that you can't, um, you know, because it could, you may be very, as you said, Sophie, you could be in a situation where your own safety and well-being is at jeopardy or is in jeopardy as well. Yeah, I mean, from a personal experience, I saw that with my own family. You know, they were tearing their hair out and, and getting really stressed themselves not knowing how they could actually help um even though they were trying everything so and and there were many support systems for families of addicts 
um, around, which is great because they're well needed. They're also very well used um, and they're highly effective as well. So there's lots yeah. of lots of support out there. Yeah, fantastic. And one of the best things, one of the best things you can do to help somebody if they if they're in serious addiction and say it's you know the the intimate other or you know partner, family member, is the the other person because while they're afraid and worried and upset that the, about the person, that energy is kind of moving on to them as well. So when the you know the person who's in partnership or in a close relationship with the you know alcoholic or addict, the more that they can look after themselves the more that is actually helping the other person's recovery too. So rather than focusing their energy on helping them in recovery, if they can go over here and work on themselves, like really just, you know, take that time to be loving and supporting and compassionate self, that is one of the most helpful things that they can actually do. Yeah, love that. So ladies, share a little bit more about your website and uh, how best to uh, connect with you both. Kylie, you go first and then Sophie, there may be some other areas that you want to highlight certain places that they can go to on the website. Kylie, how can they connect? Sure. So from here on.com.au is our is our website. And there is a there's a question on that questionnaire on there and there's also a link to a um, a complimentary discovery call as well. So if anyone wants to reach out there, um, yeah, we have Instagram as well. Um, I missed anything so for June. Oh and so, there's also so cool, I'll let you talk about the other piece that we do around the talks. Oh, yeah. So on if people do go to the website, they can um, have a look at our approach. There are different examples of what a, a packaged program might look like on there as well. And we also, um, in addition to the, the programs that we do for individuals, we also do talks um, and online webinar versions for companies looking to break that stigma or looking to support their teams. So we can do that online or we do it in person um, in Australia. So that's a really great way to, you know, get the message to a larger group, a larger audience. Um, yes. If a leader is listening to this and thinking, how can I actually help my team rather yeah. than looking to help themselves right now? Yeah, fantastic. And uh, I know both of you have referred to a quiz that people can take on your website. Is there a button there? How can people find that once they go to the website? What's the best way? So there's a button on the website, which is, begin your journey and if they click on that then um, the quiz will appear and that's the best way to get there. Yeah I love the way that you're also able to speak about this to organizations because as you said with what the team has been going through over the last you know what however long um, it may be something that has been exacerbated over that time so what a what better way than to bring that into the conversation, you know, through um, having one of your, both of you come and speak to a Zoom, whatever it is that uh, you can then share that message because that may just be, sometimes it's built, it's awareness, isn't it? It's awareness mm -hmm. and getting rid of that stigma. Um, yeah. I think yeah. is a great first approach. And as you mentioned earlier, I think you mentioned the word normalise and in many ways, it is very normal. Addiction is very normal. It happens everywhere. So, you know, being able to go to places and speak to them about this and normalize talking about it, hopefully encourages people who might be experiencing it to feel normal about bringing it up to themselves and asking for help. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you both for coming on the show and sharing that uh, message. Let's hope it goes far and wide around the world um, because, 
you know, addiction is one of those things that sometimes people suffer through secretly for many, many years, not realizing that the person that you're sitting next to um, is, you know, has gone through it before or that there is help and there is nothing to be ashamed of. And that, um, you know, the first point is to to reach out and share like you, you so beautifully role model that you did, Kylie. And then from that, your journey of uh, uh, recovery and now being able to support others. There is a way through. And the first step is to, to admit, hey, I've got a problem. And then realise that there's many people around you that are willing to, to support you in any way that they can. So thank you, ladies, for coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. This podcast is brought to you by TheInfluenceAlliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.